You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you may want a company who's there when you need them who actually picks up the phone when you call. Well, that's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. All of us at Into Tomorrow wish all of you a very happy new year. Thank you for tuning into the program. I am Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And I'm the cool guy, Cameron Graveline. I think we've established that you're the cool guy. So just plenty times. Plenty times. So Cameron in the studio with us because as you hear this, we are in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, not with Cameron because he had to be back at school. But we are in Las Vegas doing as many interviews as humanly possible at the big Consumer Electronics Show. Well, the not-so-big this year Consumer Electronics Show, because just about every major exhibitor has already bailed. More are bailing as we speak. But that's okay. We're looking for companies that are doing really cool, innovative things and interviewing as many of them. So do stay tuned, because that all starts... Next week, does it not? Next week, complete with videos of all of our interviews, so stay tuned into tomorrow.com and don't miss a minute of our CES coverage. And while you're there, subscribe to our free podcast. Oh my gosh, how exciting! I love it. Lex in Benton, Louisiana, listens on 710 Keel, and we love you for it. Lex calling in using the free Into Tomorrow app. I have a question about the Alexa communicating with the Fire Stick and having speakers connected to the Alexa so that I can hear my television through the speakers to effectively make a sound bar just with the equipment that I have on hand without having to buy anything. Is that possible? Just a little help, if you don't mind. We don't mind at all. We're glad to help, Lexi. You can do part of what you want to do, but not exactly what you're asking about. You can control Amazon's Fire TV with Amazon Alexa, at least to a good extent. And you may be able to reuse the speakers you have But you can't route your TV's audio to the Alexa. You may be able to connect your existing speakers directly to your TV, though, and use the Alexa to control the TV. The speakers will still do their jobs, even if they don't know about your Alexa even existing. But keep in mind that you'll probably need some extra equipment for your speakers to work anywhere near the way a soundbar would. So your sound will improve, if nothing else, just by virtue of it being louder. But don't expect it to sound like surround sound or anything like that. Yeah, No, you will, however, be able to use your existing gear and get something like what you are after. Uh, So that's the good news. You will just have to be kind of a little flexible, if you will, when it comes to your expectations about the end product. Now, if you have the latest Amazon Echo and Fire Stick, you should be able to connect them on the same Amazon account and network. Uh, Once they're linked, open up the Alexa app on your smartphone, select the word devices at the top right, and then tap the plus symbol at the bottom right, 
and click Setup Audio System. In other words, Home Cinema should appear and tap that as well. Then you can name your home setup and which devices you want to use, and then you should be able to enjoy your TV and movies with Alexa voice control without the need for a brand new soundbar. John in Lansing, Michigan, listens on AM 800 CKLW and joins us on Into Tomorrow. Hello, John. I have a Chromebook and a Lenovo laptop with Windows 10 upgrade. I've heard recommended that somebody that want to do banking on Wi-Fi at home, that they should get a Chromebook and use it for nothing else. Now, I've seen a product for roughly 30 give or take a few dollars, called Extra PC without an E, X-T-R-A PC. And it uses Linux and it plugs into the port of your laptop. And I'm wondering, if I did that and used it only for my bank, would I be safe from malware or anything else that could be on the device I'm plugging the extra PC on? Well, John, extra PC seems to be a Linux live USB. Now, that means it's just a bootable version of Linux that you can run by simply plugging it into a USB port and having it boot and read from its own storage. Now, in terms of it being safe from malware, it probably would be relatively safe due to the very, very small user base, uh, making it unappealing to most of the people who would target a system. Having said that, 99% of attacks these days don't target computers. They target you. That can happen under any system. Browser vulnerabilities can make it onto Linux, too. And unlike Chromebooks, Linux machines won't necessarily be set up to update in the background automatically. Now, what we can say about Extra PC is that its makers market it with some pretty inflated claims, I think, mostly centered around how it will speed up your PC significantly. All of it reads as material that is itself meant to target less technical people, and a lot of it is probably very... Very untrue. If you're interested in trying a live USB Linux distribution, you can find plenty of free ones online that you can install onto any USB flash drive that you may already have. Yeah, now, in terms of banking itself, if you want a safe option that you already own, you may be better served by a phone. Smartphones mostly have some sort of biometric recognition system. You'd likely use an app, which is harder to spoof than a website, and a non-rooted, non-jailbroken phone will sandbox apps, which makes them better isolated from malware. Yeah. John, do let us know what you try, though. Hopefully, we've given you some good input. Uh, if you're driving, perhaps, or otherwise unavailable to, to make notes of what we said, have no fear. Visit at intotomorrow.com, and then you'll hear your call, you'll see the information, and, of course, our show notes. Uh, some Twitter employees may never return to their offices, even after the coronavirus restrictions lift. Is that because they're making more money on unemployment? No, that's because uh, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey told employees that they'd be allowed to work from home permanently. Uh, certain jobs that require physical presence, such as maintaining servers, will still require employees to come in. Twitter's human resources head Jennifer Christie said that the company would probably never be the same in the structure of its work. She said, quote, people were reticent to work remotely, found a way that it really thrives. She said then that they didn't, that she didn't think they'd ever go back. Well, and there's a lot of people like that. We talked, I think, last week on the show about a friend of ours, Israel, that is able to work from home now. And his boss already said when they can come back to work, if he wants, he can still work three days a week from home. I don't know why that has any bearing that they'd still want him two days a week in the office. It's, it should be all or nothing. But, okay, fine. And I said, so what would you do? He said, I'd work from home for three days and then go to the office only twice. Well, think of the overhead that companies can save because they don't need big office spaces if they only have a, a, a skeletal full-time in-office crew. True. And it's not just that company, of course. I think most every company 
as certainly shifting things in general and and looking at how they can deal with employees who hopefully are going to come back to work. Yeah, well, a guest we've had on the show, in fact, somebody we've worked with closely for years on the show, uh, Freddie Laker, they've got the, the Chameleon Collective. They have no office. Yeah, and Every they never system. have. It wasn't just from the pandemic. Right. That's how they he set up his always company. worked remotely. Right. And he's got like 100 employees now. No one goes to an office because they don't have an office. Which is kind of cool. But that's how he set it up like two, three years ago when he started that. And and it just continued to grow from there. And, of course, there are many businesses that can do that. But if you're a warehouse worker, I don't think you're going to store all your company's products in your spare bedroom if you have one. That's not going to happen. So there are things, there are certainly some jobs, some office environments, too, that you physically will have to be there. Into Tomorrow occasionally takes an email. You know, we'd much rather hear you. It is radio, after all, and we just don't want to read emails all the time. But we do, occasionally. For example, here's one from Rob. The other disadvantage to an email is we have no idea where he was writing from, how he listens to the show, or whether he loves us or not. But he did ask two questions. He says, what is the difference between a Wi-Fi booster and a Wi-Fi extender? Ah. Uh, what is a good Wi-Fi booster or extender? Garage is about 20 feet away from my hub. Thank you for any help you can give, and be safe. Oh, well, thank you, Rob. You'd be safe as well. Those terms are mostly used interchangeably, actually. They're both wireless range extenders. There could be a difference in that a Wi-Fi extender sometimes refers to a wired device that you plug into your wired network, if you have one, to extend your Wi-Fi to a place that wouldn't otherwise get it. But more often than not, they're meant to identify devices that will take a Wi-Fi network and somehow make it reach places it normally wouldn't. Booster is mainly a term for something that takes a wireless signal, boosts it, and repeats it. But there's no official definition that anyone's required to stick to, so don't worry. Yeah, now, as far as good boosters or extenders, uh, most of them are either difficult to set up or difficult to use. For example, some will force you to connect to a network once you start to lose your main one. That's luckily not always the case. But those that truly extend a single network and are just standalone repeaters sometimes have compatibility issues or are a lot of work to set up. Now, the exception are uh, mesh systems like the Eero, Google Wi-Fi, or Netgear's Orbi. All of these will be easy to set up and use, but they won't be as cheap as old style extenders. If your garage is only about 20 feet from your hub, you should get a usable signal in there unless there's an awful lot of metal in those walls. If you mean yards, then a good repeater will probably help and a mesh system will help make your setup easier and use more seamless. Yeah, Uh, you kind of get the idea that that while there might be interchangeable, there are some advantages, obviously, especially to the mesh system. A lot of folks go in there. They can also handle more devices these days because we're really overtaxing, all of us, our Wi-Fi networks. We might have had a computer and a phone, and now we've got so many other devices, including smart home devices and smart TVs and just all sorts of things, smart speakers, right? All things that are overtaxing. So absolutely try to improve your Wi-Fi whenever possible. More details for you and our notes at intotomorrow.com.
Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. To find out which benefits you qualify for and to find out if you're getting the benefits that you deserve, you need to call Best Medicare. Our licensed insurance agents can look up your current benefits and tell you what additional benefits are available to you. It's easy. Just one call. Tell us the deductibles you prefer, the doctors you want to see, and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero co-pays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and we'll help you get them. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. And let Best MedCare do the work for you. Tune in next week as we start our special broadcast from CES in Las Vegas. We'll have three weeks worth of coverage right here on Into Tomorrow. Thank you, Cameron. I appreciate that. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And we do, as Cam said, begin three weeks at least worth of coverage. So many interviews already lined up. By the time you hear this, we're doing them in Las Vegas, and we start next week. And stay tuned at intotomorrow.com. I'm Cameron Graveline, the cool guy, and thank you. Hey, Dave and the team, I just wanted to congratulate you all for being on the air for 25 years. That's really amazing. Nobody stays on a job that long. (laughs) But anyway, we really love you here, and uh, thanks for the good work and keeping us informed. Well, thank you, Greg, in Tennessee. We appreciate those kind words, and we'd love to hear similar greeting from any of you. Whenever you have a moment, you can use the free Into Tomorrow app, the audio option. Send us a hello. When you do, though, tell us what you like or dislike about tech in the last 25 years. That can make for some fun radio, depending on what it is you have to say. Or you can call the following toll-free number that Chris is about to give you. 800-899-4686. That's 800-899-INTO. Matthew in Hartsdale, New York, listens online. Welcome into tomorrow, Matthew. I wanted to ask about the in-car entertainment systems that are out in the new 2020 cars, such as the Ford Sync 3 system and the GM IntelliLink and the Chevrolet MyLink system, if you could tell us the differences. Well, Matthew, we'll do our best. The IntelliLink and MyLink systems are the same, except for each using a different name. GMs and Chevys are the same cars with different badges, so I guess we should know to expect no better from infotainment systems from them, I guess. They both support Wi-Fi, though at a monthly cost, so you may be better off using your phone's hotspot instead. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto are other options. Newer models support Alexa and have a GM marketplace. 
of course, that allows you to do things like order food or pay for gas right from your dashboard. All of those probably sound better on paper than in the real world, since you probably have to pull over to do those things. And phones are way easier and, for that matter, quicker to use. Yeah, Ford's uh, Ford Sync 3 also supports Wi-Fi, CarPlay, and Android Auto. And it's been an improvement since the previous version, which is what I have in my car, and it's not smart at all. I've got the <laughs> Ford Sync 2. Oh. Um, it was regarded as notoriously bad and hard to use. Now, having said that, it's about to be replaced by Ford Sync 4. Can you update? No. No. Of course not. Uh, it, it'll cost about $3,000, $3, I think, because I looked oh, into it. Oh, yeah. um, Now, that's the main thing that you should know about these systems. There are, they are second-class citizens as far as car manufacturers are concerned, and you shouldn't expect them to be properly maintained. Um, you shouldn't even expect the updates to be free if they exist at all. Oh, there you go. Well, the reason we bring that up is that whatever you get will probably be good for maybe a year or two, but will eventually feel like the touchscreen version of an 8-track tape. <laughs> which is, it sets you way back, right? Uh, and the manufacturer will probably not care and just leave it as is. Yeah, you should probably focus on the mechanics of the car more than the smarts um, if you plan on keeping it for more than three or four years. Whatever infotainment system the car has may or may not continue to be compatible with future versions of Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and will definitely lag behind phone software. So don't let it be the deciding factor unless you plan to keep your car only for a short term. Denise in Starkville, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk 97.3. How safe is the Venmo app, and what are your recommendations on Venmo or any other money apps? Well, Denise, the Venmo app is generally safe to use. It's owned by PayPal, so at least you know there's a big publicly traded company behind it that stands to lose a lot if there's a big security breach. You just search for their names on the app, select how much money you want to send or request, and do it. There's really not much to it. It's a very fast, free way of transferring money to others. Now, the app, the Venmo app, has a social media aspect to it. You get sort of a news feed listing transactions that your friends have made. It doesn't list personal info, but you'd be able to see who paid who, assuming that their privacy settings are set to public, which is unfortunately the default. Yeah, I don't Um, like that. But you can go to the settings and change the default to participants only, and then only you and the person on the other end of your transaction will see that in your feeds. Yeah, as for recommendations, they're all the same. Venmo, Cash App, I prefer that one for whatever reason, Zelle, Apple, and Google Pay. They're all basically the same and pretty much interchangeable. Just use whichever the people you want to exchange funds with are using. Alan in Ackerman, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome. Has solid-state drives come into being a reasonable cost compared to hard drives? Well, Alan, they sure are more reasonable than they used to be. Most 500-gigabyte SSDs won't crack $100 these days. Now, having said that, they're still far more expensive than hard disk drives. It's not hard to find a one terabyte HDD for about 40 bucks. You won't find that kind of price for a one terabyte SSD at all. Yeah, no, but having said that, most people are using less storage than they used to these days since their videos, music, and pictures have all left their computers. Um, so you may get a better return from buying a smaller but faster SSD than a larger and slower hard disk drive. Yes, it's more expensive. But to your point, if you're doing a lot of stuff in the cloud, storing things there and not on your machine, 
if you can get an SSD for what little storage you need and program launching and so forth, it's so much faster. Miro in Windsor, Ontario listens on AM 800 CKLW. Hello there. Hi. I just bought an older vehicle that does not have Bluetooth. I was interested in getting an aftermarket 7-inch screen radio. I was just wondering what the big differences were between the uh, big names like Pioneer and Kenwood and some of the off-brands we find on Amazon. They seem to have more features because they're full Android radios as opposed to probably better music on the Kenwoods and Pioneers. Well, Mira, the main difference is that Pioneer and Kenwood have something to lose, so the quality is certainly more consistent. Generic radios can be terrible, and if needed, the manufacturer will just slap a new random label on them and keep pumping them out. Android car radios are all about the hardware, since the operating system is largely taken care of. We say largely because there may be some customization, but the basic functions should come from Android and should be at least somewhat consistent as a result. Yeah, now, in your search, you want to focus mainly on hardware reviews. Uh, how long did it last? Was the touchscreen hard to use? Uh, how responsive was it? Are all the buttons working? And the speakers that were plugged into it, are they still working? Um, if those things all look good, then the risk is probably relatively low, and the price difference might be large. Yeah, exactly. And this is one of those cases where we love to promote going to your local uh, 12-volt dealer. They're typically small businesses who specialize in exactly what you're looking for. Support the local small business, and they will support you. Yeah, and I would recommend going to Amazon, and that's where you can get a lot of great reviews, and then pick a few of your favorites, then go to your, your their local retailer, and then they can get that same radio for you. Yeah, very true. And many times you can bargain with them where you can't otherwise. Yeah, so you say, look, I can get this for this much on Amazon, but I'd rather get it from you and then develop a relationship with you. They'll appreciate it. Even if they can't match it exactly, it's still better to pay a couple of more dollars and get that local relationship. And plus, they'll be able to install it for you. Amazon won't come and install it for you. They won't? No. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, Bozo, won't come on his own and with a prime truck and all the tools? and Not no, likely. No. Not going to happen. So, But Miro, let us know what you end up doing because it's it will help others as well. What radio did you finally select? And if you have some input as well for him, you can join us at 800-899-INTO. Even better, the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at Blueberry.com. It's like a blueberry without the E's. So B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. As Into Tomorrow continues, I'm Dave Graveline. Thank you for tuning in during our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool technology, all sorts of things, gadgets and gizmos, products and services, gaming, whatever the case, available today and into tomorrow. And we love it when you participate on the program because you make the show. Our audience is really most important. Yeah, we have great guests, and they're important, and you know we like to banter and give you some tech news and commentary and all that, but you make the program. So if you have any tech questions anytime at your convenience, 24-7, join us anytime at your leisure. 
And an easy way to do it is by visiting our website and clicking on the little Ask Dave microphone button at intotomorrow.com. If you use that method, it's really easy and you can do it from anything, any device with a browser and a microphone. We ask three things that you give us your first name, where you're joining us from, and how you hear the show. And then ask your question, make your comment, help another listener, what have you. Or you can use the free Into Tomorrow app. Search those two words in your favorite app store, Into Tomorrow, and then snag it and hit that message the studio button. And then you could, it'll automatically have you fill in some of that requested info. Or, yeah, the old-fashioned way, if you happen to use your phone as a phone these days, you can dial 800-899-INTO. It's toll-free from anywhere in North America, 1-800-899-4686. And again, anytime at your convenience. Our next guest joins us from a gaming company, which is the indie developer behind Kamish, a popular stock simulator game. They're doing some really cool stuff. The CEO and creative director and game designer with Opposite Lock Games is John Shecklow. John, welcome into tomorrow. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Thanks, Dave. I'm good. Nice speaking with you. Good. How are things in Connecticut today? I understand you're there. I'm looking out your window. You can see it on, on the video at intotomorrow.com. Looks like a bright, sunny day. Far from it. We're oh. about to get a thunderstorm. Oh, gee. Well, welcome to our Miami weather. I guess we send it up to you periodically. <laughs> but anyway, uh, tell me a little bit about the company, uh, Opposite Lock Games, and then let's get into some of the cool stuff you're doing these days. Sure thing. Opposite Lock Games is an independent game studio that I started in 2015, and we make games for mobile, iPhone, Android, a lot of what we do is kind of economic sandbox is what we call it. So playing with financial systems, playing with economic systems that you can tinker with and get reactions immediately. Our most popular game is called Commish. That is a stock market simulator. And it's kind of based in an 80s Gordon Gecko Wall Street world. And it does some pretty sophisticated things. It doesn't look like it, but it is pretty sophisticated. It pipes in real-time New York Stock Exchange data and lets players trade and compete to try to get the highest daily portfolio value. And there's prizes given every day. Actually, on iOS, there's Amazon gift card prizes. So it's really a fun kind of social competitive stock simulator. So on Android, uh, for those of us Android users, uh, there are not prizes or different prizes? <laughs> Android does not allow us to give away gift cards or anything of value. Really? I mean, usually that's the kind of thing we hear from Apple, restricting developers on all sorts of ways. But, but Google is not letting you give things away? That's really odd. We'll have to smack them around for that. Please do. <laughs> By all means. Now, does anyone have an opportunity to, to make money in the stock market doing this? Or is it really just kind of a, a fun way to maybe even learn about how to work with the stock market? It sounds to me like it's kind of an educational thing, too. That was one of our goals was to give players and one of our challenges as well was to design it in a way that, that gave new players who were new to the stock market the ability to learn while they played and still had fun. As far as making money, that's the next stage. That's the evolution of the, of the game. We're, we're now speaking with a company that specializes in NFT games, blockchain games, and 
We are now working on the plans to create an extension that allows players to actually trade stocks that have underlying NFTs. So there is a real value to it. Um, and, and, do, and do our audience a favor and explain NFTs for those who may not be familiar. NFTs are they're sort of on the they're sort of comparable to a cryptocurrency, and it's a unique identifier on a digital asset. So if if we have a company, for example, in our game we have fictitious companies. One of them is called. Geronimo Airlines, right? Or Twin Tuna. And you can, if we make a, a thousand shares of that company, each one of those shares is a unique digital asset on a blockchain. So when you have that one share, you're the only person in the world that owns that share. Ah. So it's, that share can go up and down in value. If there's a lot of players in the game buying it, it's going to push the price higher. If a lot of players are selling it, it's going to drop the, the price lower. So our goal is to create a real organic working market that can be manipulated, that you can invest in, and you can actually turn NFTs back into real money. So there is real value there. Good. And it sounds like you're able to skirt some of the uh, Google developer uh, developer issues with that, too, which I kind of like that idea. Um, I understand from your website that you use a platform for these games uh, called Skills uh, that can allow real money gaming. Is this part of that in, in Kamish or are these other games that you're working on? Skills is a different these are uh, other games. Okay. Skills is a, is a very interesting platform. They actually just went public recently on the New York Stock Exchange. They've been around, I think, since about 2012. But what they do is different. They, they actually allow. They're not actually, it's not allowed in all states. I think there's 13 states that don't allow it or something. They allow players to actually bet on their games. So you play for real money. And uh, each player puts in $5, up to, I think, $300 per game. For a mobile game, it's pretty intense. Put $300 on a three-minute game. Yeah, but but it's it's a lot better than mortgaging your house, hopefully, so you don't get too carried away. So players get to compete. The winner takes the pot, and Skills is a platform that handles all of that. And you can put it into pretty much any game as long as it's fair for both players. You can compete for real money. So I think that... Personally, I think that's very much the future of gaming, to put real value on the line. It changes everything, and it makes things very exciting. Yeah, so you do think it's the future. It's something we're going to see more of into tomorrow, if you will, not just a a current fad. Absolutely. With sports gambling becoming basically decriminalized federally recently, in the last few years, Yeah, the U.S. government basically legalized sports gambling. And now it seems that all the states are kind of scrambling to bring it to the public. And it's going to, I think it's going to come in a very broad based way. And and that idea of being able to gamble even a little bit as a form of entertainment and bring that into all types of video gaming. uh, I I definitely think that is the next stage of, of gaming. I'm assuming, uh, John, that you hear from folks that games can tend to be more fun when some real money is on the line. They can certainly be a little more scary for some people, uh, but maybe that's part of of the overall excitement. Yeah, it adds a new level of excitement for sure. It's pretty captivating when you have even a, a little bit on the line. It also requires the players to really become a lot better at the game. I've played for real money in, in these skills games, and I get 
stomped because <laughs> people playing for real money are very good. Yeah, I can imagine. And they're very good at it because perhaps they do it a lot more frequently as well. Like anything else, you know, practice makes, makes perfect or you get a better handle on all the different skills, uh, pun intended perhaps, uh, to be able to really get into it. Uh, I think it's fascinating. Again, could be dangerous. So if you're not sure, uh, then don't bet a lot of money or don't bet at all, maybe. <laughs> but, but if you like to gamble a little bit, maybe five bucks, ten bucks here and there. Can't be any worse than buying a lotto ticket and not winning. <laughs> I agree. And skills is nice because they also allow for uh, practice gaming. You don't have to to bet real money. But we've incorporated their SDK, their platform, into some of our games. It's going pretty well. I think they provide a really nice platform. Good, good. And if you can incorporate their software developer kit into things that you do, then clearly you like what's going on and and your customers do, your players and and various folks. Back to Kamish for for just a second, too. Uh, The first game we talked about. It seems like it was ahead of the curve on uh, the new stock market craze. I mean, we've heard of Robin Hood and, and a bunch of others. Uh, what does that all mean? Uh, was that on purpose? Was it an accident? Did you happen to kind of fall into that at the right time in the right place? Total accident, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good that you admit uh, that, but it's working out for you, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent 10 years working in Manhattan as a, as a stockbroker. And, wow. And after that, wanted to take those experiences and kind of put them into a game that anyone could experience and have fun with. And then, you know, there, there has been a recent explosion in the interest of stock trading. There's a whole new generation of people getting interested in, in it. So that, that has really uh, accelerated the, the, the game's cool. popularity. Are you, are you guys working on any new skills games that uh, might be coming out soon that we can chat about for a moment? Definitely. We're working on a game called Wordplay Adventure, which is actually out on Apple. It's a combination of Tetris, where letters fall from the sky. It's a combination of Tetris and Scrabble. Oh, Wow. So letters fall from the sky, and you can make any word out of them before they stack to the top. And um, that's going to be a skills game. So they're, they're three-minute rounds where you compete against another live player, and then you're scored using Scrabble scoring. And whoever gets the highest score wins that match, and you can play that for real money. So we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> Very cool. And will it also then be available ultimately on Android format as well? No, because Android and Google, they're player haters, and they don't allow skills on their platform because, again, uh, Google doesn't tolerate any sort of wagering, gaming type stuff. Yeah, unless it's uh, the money is for them, they're not interested, which, again, I find very odd because usually that's the case with Apple. Uh, we spend years talking about Apple getting uh, every nickel they can out of anybody, especially developers. But, again, whole other story. Is there a charge for these games uh, for folks to download and play them? How does that all work real quick? No, we don't charge. Our games are free, and we try to be as non-intrusive as possible with the advertising. So it's rewarded video advertising. If you want to click on on an ad to earn this or that, which helps boost a little bit or make some progress, then you can click on a 30-second ad or not. So we really want to make it a pleasant experience, and it's working so far. Well, that's good. It sounds like it is. OppositeLockGames.com. 
Thank you, John, for spending a few minutes with us. Continued good luck. Dave, thank you very much. Our pleasure again. OppositeLockGames.com. And, of course, we'll get you there, as always, when you hit us up at IntoTomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned. There's much more to come on Into Tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills just pour them in and hero does the rest so easy to use and saves me so much time i never miss a dose i'm never late for a dose anymore and that is so critical to me what I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use. And I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget, did I take that pill or not? Because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. It's CES time. Join us next week as we start our coverage of CES in Las Vegas and officially kick off your 27th year, bringing you into tomorrow. And we'll have video of all of the interviews that we're doing in Las Vegas. Thank you, Cam. So you don't want to miss any of that. If you subscribe to our free podcast, you listen to our 24-7 stream, or otherwise don't miss a minute of Into Tomorrow. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by our podcast partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Check them out if you're looking to start a podcast. Visit blubrry.com. Allison in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, listens on Talk 107.3 WBRP. Hello, Allison. What information is on the computer chips in our credit card besides credit information? Ooh, that's actually a good question. I haven't heard that one in a while. Allison, the chips and credit cards, EMV chips, contain the information required just to authorize the transaction. Now, what that means is it varies depending on whether it's a debit or a credit account. But it's basically an account information, account number, maybe a routing number, that kind of data, and a dynamic security token. That extra token aside, the information is what you would find in the magnetic strip on the older cards, right? And it doesn't include information about you as the owner. And if you're interested in the low-level details of how the chips work, the standard they follow is ISO 8583. And you can find details about how that standard manages authentication. EMV chips just add some level of encryption over the magnetic strip. But keep in mind that the U.S. is pretty far behind the rest of the world in these technologies, and this is relatively old technology that is quickly losing ground to more heavily encrypted contactless technology. I know, that's pretty sad when what we think of the chips on the car is relatively new, it's relatively old. Yeah, well, we were in Japan. <laughs> 15 years ago, and they were already paying yeah. with things with their phone, by touching their phone to us. Yeah. And the first time we saw that in Japan, we're thinking, what are they doing? How do they do that? And it took how many years before we saw it in the U.S.? That's a shame, because we should be prouder of our technology and utilizing it more. Rebecca in Mississippi listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome into tomorrow, Rebecca. 
I love listening to your show. I have a lot of questions, but it seems when I listen to the show, they answer a lot of them. So I love to listen to it because my husband doesn't answer the questions for me clearly enough, and you all do. He does good work. Well, thank you, Rebecca. Your husband doesn't answer the question sufficiently, but we do. I, I take that to mean she might love us only slightly more than her husband for Maybe. tech questions, at least. So I hope your husband's not listening with you because we don't want to cause any friction. Well, but that's well, thank you, Rebecca. That's very nice. And I'm glad that we somehow managed to answer questions that you have that you didn't even have time to call in and ask. But don't hesitate to call anytime you've got a tech question. Maybe you want to help another listener. You've got some additional input. Whatever the case, we want to hear from you. And it's easy, toll-free from anywhere in North America. 800-899-4686. That's 800-899-INTO. Intotomorrow.com. Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And I'm Cameron Graveline. And now, so I'm talking about the Oculus. The Oculus is a great device where you can, it's virtually added where you can meet other friends. Oh, and don't forget, tune in at intotomorrow.com. There you go. We'll make sure and get you back after our CES coverage to report on your experience with the Oculus. Of course, yes. And if it's still in stores, we're going to be working on the brand new computer, uh, the kids' computer. Um, thank you. I've been working on it over a year now, and thank you. Bye-bye. So that and our CES coverage is available at intotomorrow.com. Mark in Tupelo, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk, Mississippi. Hey, Mark. I purchased an older car that does not have a backup camera. I would like to install one. have no clue what kind or how they began. Well, Mark, your first step will be deciding really just how committed you are to the camera, and that will narrow your options quite a bit. One obvious aspect is that in deciding how much money you want to spend. That's an important factor. But beyond that, there's also the pain of the installation itself. You can find some solar-powered wireless cameras that output video either to their own monitors or via Wi-Fi to your phone. Those are super, super easy to install. Basically, just mount them using the same screws that are holding your license plate up, and you're good to go. So you don't have to run wires throughout the car, which is really a pain. Yeah, there are some downsides to them, though. Uh, They tend to be slower to connect. Some require you to connect your phone to them before you can see the video, which is obviously a problem when you're just trying to quickly park and be done with it. And the ones that use a solar panel are are great in that they don't usually need to be plugged in to recharge. But if you keep your car in a garage a lot, they may lose that edge, and they may be harder to recharge since they're not meant to be plugged in often. Yeah, good point. Now, on the other hand, there's the other end of the spectrum, if 
you will. You have the fully wired cameras. Now, those take power from the car, so there's no recharging. They connect right away, typically, since they're always fully powered and physically connected to their screens and generally work a little bit more like the cameras that come built in by the factory these days. Intotomorrow.com for more. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app for your iPhone, Android, and netbooks. Available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Into Tomorrow.